0: The Roosters have won it.
1: It was the late, great Roosters coach Jack Gibson who once said, the big test in football is how a captain leads under conditions of adversity. Well, with our co-captain, Jake Friend, going off with an arm injury after five minutes, it was up to Boyd to lead the team. We went in 6-4 at half-time. And who could have imagined the shellacking that the boys put to the Knights there on Saturday afternoon? You're on Roosters Radio, it's Silky and Shooter, and we've got a special Roosters Radio
0: this week. Shooter, welcome. Thanks, Silky. Well, I'll tell you who could have imagined the shellacking. Uh, our own Roosters Radio, Bells, she, I think, took you guys to task and said that it was going to be a, quite an easy victory for the Roosters. You guys were predicting very close games. Yeah, I'll put my hand up.
1: However, I do have a caveat. I, uh, I said there was going to be a one-point game, but I was lucky enough to bump into uh, Victor Radley down Bondi Icebergs on Saturday morning and uh, had a brief chat with him. And, you know, he said that they'd trained hard all week. Robbo had spoken to them both individually and as a team. And it was time to aim up, and uh, that really changed my uh, way of thinking, and I think we saw the proof of that in that second half.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? It, to, for me, it looked like they still had a little bit of a hangover from the week before's game against the Cowboys. It was one of those games where the whole game, I thought they were going to pull it out of the bag and win, and they sort of started that first half against the Knights the same way. I, th- I actually think the Knights were the better side in the first half, even though we were yeah, ahead by two points. it's fair points. to say. Look, they bombed two tries the Knights. They dropped one That's cold, right. and uh, you know, it could have been a different story. Well, I think if they had to come out in the second half and scored first, things might have been a lot different, but as it turned out, exactly in your words shellacking
1: well i mean look i think jake friend going off and it was such an innocuous tackle but you saw him oh, when mate. he was walking off the field he took the strapping off his arm and I, I actually thought it was the bicep gone and that would have ruled him out for the season but uh you know it looks like he's gonna be eight weeks out with a fracture and uh, all things being normal he should be ready come semi-final
0: time and if you notice when jake friend was out there i know he wasn't there for long but victor radley went back to his favorite position yeah at lock and he was like a wrecking ball. He was like a, a human missile. He, he yep. loves being back in that position, you know. And he was—he uh, seemed like he was really comfortable there. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there if Victor goes back well, into hooker now. That well, Jake's I'd like to there. ask you, Shooter, because... uh I was hosting um, the players
1: back at East Leagues on Saturday night. And just a quick shout-out, well done to the East Group and all the fans that turned up. We had over 800 people turn up to the Leagues Club. And uh, hats off to the players because they were there for a couple of hours signing autographs, uh, getting photos done. So well done to all the team involved in that. And It was a great turnout and uh, long may those events continue. You know, when it comes to highlights for me, I have to say Toops, 150th game, had an exception. Actually,
0: both wingers, I thought, Toops and Ryan Hall, They were uh, solid from the back. Well, you know what, Uh, you're right, Silky, you're right. When Blake Ferguson left last year, somebody had to step into that role of those carries, those really strong carries back from out of our own quarter and Toops at the start of the season I, I know he was trying but I, he wasn't just really wasn't getting that push through the, the line, line yeah. but now I'm just seeing the strength of him Ryan Hall's built like an, he's like an extra prop forward yeah. he's unbelievable from from all reports over in England he was a prolific try scorer but I know they are trying to get him over yes. the line at the end there on, on Saturday but uh, Toops he really impressed me with his carries out of trouble really did he's been you
1: know to play 150 first grade games is no mean feat play state of origin I think he was pretty unlucky not to make it this year but I think he's having a real standout performance I, I think he's a, He's a confidence player. We all
0: know that. But, mate, he's playing well. He's one of our best week in, week out. we are right. And all the players that were sort of a little bit quiet at the start of the year seem to be starting to come on. The same thing happened last year. We had a little bit of a rest through that origin period to the point where now people are starting to come up in front of Cooper. Like Cooper Cronk's sort of taking a back yeah. seat now. His game's sort of... You know, I don't know if he's still the same presence out there with his talk on the field and everything now, but people seem to be doing more of a job on the field than Coop's, which he's probably happy about that.
1: Well, I spoke to Cooper after the match-up at the post-match, and
0: uh, I said, do you feel like you've played yourself
1: into form? And his response was, no, mate. You don't play your way into form after one game, but we we know we'll be there at the end. And, and, uh, you know, it goes off the back of what... Boy, Corden said on this show last week, stay calm, stay calm. Well, we've got the Bulldogs this week and I expect us to win uh, well this week. But just going back to a few of the performances once again, Nat Butcher, the pace he showed
0: to score, <laughs> score that runaway <laughs> try. He, uh, you know, he put the foot down and went whoosh. Well, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. He's so much, he's been such a better player when he's been starting the games. He gets into his rhythm early. And I just think that he's been, he started the last few games. And I just think that his rhythm's been awesome. Whereas sometimes he comes off the bench and he doesn't know what minute he's yep. going to get into the game. And we spoke to him about that a few weeks back. And he seems to be very comfortable in the starting side. He's, his game has definitely gone he's up to another forced his way in. He, 100% he's forced his way in. So the competition, because everybody coming off the bench is doing a job now. So And that's going to be important when you're replacing Jake Friend to see who's going to come in there. Made another exceptional performance. And he was up for this game.
1: JWH coming up against... The New South Wales incumbent front row in Clemmer and Safiti. I
0: thought he won the battle there. Well, he was fresh from exoneration from the judiciary. I think everybody thought he was going to cop another week or two. But uh, I think Clemmer and that had a bit of revenge on their mind too because if you remember back to earlier in the season when we played the Knights, uh, a similar incident happened with Cale and Ponga where yeah. uh, JWH got suspended for a uh, use of the head. So I think he got over the top of the the Newcastle Knights forwards and State of Origin forwards, might I add. Well, I mean, look, we know that we got touched
1: up earlier in the year, 38 to 12, I think, by the Knights. And they started the same way. They they were really quick off the line and trying to bend our side back. But we, we, we held tough. And, uh, you know, coming into that second half, we scored a quick try. Speaking of tries, James Tedesco, that try
0: in the first half, that's got to be one of the tries of the year. Oh mate, it was unbelievable. And you watch Teddy play; it's like it's like time stands still. You don't see too many players that have just got that ability. To look like they're travelling faster in everything they do than every other player on the field. Exceptionally strong. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Teddy's just—he he can step off a, off a dime, you know. So he's been unbelievable. I can't wait to see what he's going to produce in the. And I, and
1: I thought Boyd Cordner too, just leading from the front, doing the tough carries as he does
0: each and every week. As he does, mate. He's good. They're all—they're all, they're all back together, mate. It's like the gangs back together. So I do feel sorry for Jake now. I don't know if that's going to be the season or what are they saying? Yeah, oh, they're saying eight weeks, so yep. he,
1: he should be ready for the semi-finals. And, you know, let's not forget Latrell kicking eight from eight. Mate, he was kicking
0: him for fun, wasn't he? He
1: was, and he had a big smile on his face too. <laughs> well, sco- you know, but he had the hands up in the air and the kangaroo was back. So uh, well, it looks like, like he's
0: enjoying his footy. Well, Silky, you know what? We have got the Bulldogs this week, so we can't take the Bulldogs lightly. I mean, they can... They can mix their performances up, the Bulldogs. And we just don't want to drop, after all the good work we've done, getting us into the position, we don't want to drop a game. I think we've got the Bulldogs and the Titans. Yeah. So we are weeks. expected to win those. We them. are expected yeah. to win those. That sounds like Bradley Charles Stubbs expected to win.
1: <laughs> now, mate, on a serious note, before we go to the break, a very special show this week, a man that's near and dear to your heart, the one and only Mark Hughes from the Mark Hughes Foundation, talking all things about uh, beanies for brain cancer round this week.
0: You know just want to elaborate on that yeah we've got Hughie coming on Like, he's a great friend of mine um he's just doing some hes amazing things for the um for for research and awareness for for brain cancer raising money he 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 got diagnosed with brain cancer in in 2013 as as we'll find out but he is just uh the, this beanie for brain cancer round has just gone from strength to strength I think their their target this year's three million dollars and they're, they're well on track so we'll be having a really good chat to Husey and uh, a very interesting story and uh, the most positive man I've ever met and a champion bloke to boot. I look forward to hearing his thoughts on last weekend's game. (laughs) Well, he won't be too happy about it, I tell you. He's on our turf now.
1: (laughs) You're on Roosters Radio. We'll be right
0: back after this with Mark Hughes.
1: G'day, it's Luke Keery here. When I'm not playing footy, I'm listening to the Roosters Radio.
0: Welcome back to Roosters Radio. Well, Silky, this weekend's NRL round is a very important weekend, not just for the games, but because it's boonies for brain cancer round starting this Thursday, the 25th of July. Who better to speak to than a man who was one of only five nights to play in both Newcastle's grand final victories, 97 and 01. He retired from the game as a Nova Castrian legend. Unfortunately, in 2013, though, he was dealt a pretty low hand and diagnosed with brain cancer. What's come out of this, though, has been nothing short of inspirational as the Mark Hughes Foundation juggernaut continues to fight the good fight raising millions of dollars for research and awareness around the world. Please welcome to Roosters Radio for the first time, Curry Curry's finest export. He's climbed Everest, trekked through the jungles of Borneo and Kokoda, and he joins us here today. The great Mark Hughes. Welcome, brother. Oh,
2: shooter. Silky, (laughs) what an introduction. (laughs) I... I can't wait to hear myself talk. It was that good. It's got to be unbelievable.
1: Oh, that was outstanding, Shooter. Well done. That yeah, was be-
2: great. And it's great to talk, fellas. So I do smell a rat, though. <laughs> uh, you do get me You do get me on the week after you put it through my night. So,
0: well, we're going to um, talk about that. I was actually going to ask how your health was, mate, but after doing some of those things I just mentioned above, I imagine it's going pretty good.
2: <laughs> mate, the health was good about 50 minutes into the game last week. Then you roosters put the cleaners through us, and uh, I didn't feel so good. But um, – Look, the Knights have had a good year. Um, we certainly come a long way, and uh, we obviously had a good win at home against your Roosters. But you know the the class in your team and the way you're building again, it'd be pretty special if you could put two two premierships together. It obviously doesn't get done too often. So from on track, an,
1: from an outsider's view, Hughesy, do, do you think they can?
2: Yeah, I, I think they can. Obviously, love love what Rob doing uh, right across the park. They're strong. They've got depth. Um, yeah, I think um, obviously Melbourne play a real consistent, tough brand of footy, but I just you just get the feeling that um, the Roosters are building again, and if they can put their best foot forward at the right time, um, wow, two in a row could be that'd be special.
0: I'll tell you what, Hugh, it at half time. There, I just thought that if, if Newcastle had come out and scored first in the second half, it would have been a compl- yeah, complete. I, I, I thought Newcastle were the better side in the first half.
2: Yeah, that's that's right, Shooter. I I don't think, as a Newcastle fan, you walk away too worried. Look, it did blow out towards the end. But the first 50 minutes or so, we were right in there. So we are three on the trot now of losses. So we do play the West Tigers at home on Friday night. It's a game that, you know, you'd think we really would like to win. So uh, we need to get our season back on track. It's been a bit of a slide for us. We've either been um, on a losing streak or a winning streak. Um, So we need to get a bit more consistency there.
1: Well, this is called Roosters Radio, not Knights Radio, mate, and we, we brought you on for a reason. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm on the wrong station. I'll see you later,
1: fellas. Oh. No, but in all seriousness, no, it's, a, it's a very important round, not only for you personally, but for the game of NRL and for the great you know work that you do um, for the Mark Hughes Foundation. Let's go, let's go back to the the start when you, you're diagnosed with the, the illness, mate. Can you just take us through a, a little bit of a journey? Yeah, look,
2: it's, uh, I was 36 at the time and um, feeling feeling fit and strong and three children under 10 and felt like I had everything to live for. And, um, out of two days of, of, headaches, um, my, my world was turned absolutely upside down. And before I knew it, I was in John Hunter hospital and receiving treatment. The, the news kept getting worse. Um, then went into, um, getting, uh, radiation and chemotherapy. And all of a sudden I'm a brain cancer, uh, patient, um, brain cancer. There's no cure. Um, it's a really tough disease. So uh, my life uh, turned upside down um, at the click of a finger, but um, I'm thankful that I had strong people around me like my wife and friends and family and uh, managed to get through it and come out the other side and better still decided I wanted to try and fight the damn thing myself as well.
0: And you're doing a good job. What what are other stats use and, and and what sort of funding is is, is brain cancer getting at the moment?
2: The, the, the stats are terrible. They haven't changed in 30 years and, the facts are that brain cancer kills more people 40 years and under than any other cancer. So it's hitting people in the prime of their lives and destroying families. It's the worst cancer for children 10 and under as well. So the government is getting behind it a little more now. We are, get, we are gaining a bit of momentum with some, some money they've put in, but we need a lot more. You know We've seen some other cancers make massive improvements, uh, which is wonderful. And it only becomes because of the funding and the and the money raised so they can get that research done. So that's all we're desperately trying to do. And um, thanks to the NRL, the amazing rugby league community, um, we're kicking goals that we didn't think we would.
0: Well, let, let's talk about that, Husey, but the, the boonies for brain cancer round. How, how did that come about? How much money were you sort of hoping to raise from the start? And obviously it's gone from strength to strength now. Where are you at now with it?
2: Yeah, so when I was uh, during my rehab, I was wearing a beanie a lot, and uh, one of my first ideas was I thought that beanies and brain cancer go really well together, and um, we decided that we would just get schools um, to to get kids to wear their favorite beanie and um, bring it a gold coin donation, and that'd be a fundraiser. So uh, we thought that went well, so we uh, we decided we'd bring out our own beanie. I think the second year and. I had full designership rights over that, so I designed a red and blue one. Um, sold great in Newcastle. Actually, it's a wonder if few Roosters boys would have bought it. A little, as well. little, little
0: strip of white, um, mate, would have been great.
2: So, so, um, and then so we started to get that momentum, and you know, I think we sold five or six thousand beanies the first year. And then we sold about fourteen or fifteen thousand the second year, but. Then, unfortunately, uh, Matt Callender, Channel 9 employee, very respected amongst the rugby league community. Matt became sick with brain cancer, and he decided he wanted to help, so he contacted us and uh, became really good friends with him. And during the time where he was extremely sick, um, he decided he still wanted to help. And he brought he brought the media, he brought the NRL all together and, and helped us um, accelerate into a NRL beanie for brain cancer round. And it just took off. Enormously, and we could never have dreamt of uh, the results. So, this is our third NRL beanie uh, round. Um, I think last year we were just a little bit under three million raised, which was a huge effort. Amazing. A- amazing, So, you know, we're hoping to get a little o- around that again this year, a little bit more, uh, and that, that helps us. You know, we've got a lot of research, we've got we've got a lot of things to do, and we can only do it with money and Yeah, it's just been a game changer for us.
1: And Mark, we've been pushing it the last couple of weeks and we've almost run out here of our stock. But for people who want to buy them, can they buy them game day? I know they were selling them at IGA at at Port Macquarie during the week because my daughter bought one. So where can people actually buy the beanies?
2: Yeah, look, we recommend getting in and getting your beanie uh, even before the game. Uh, So you can um, get on the Mark Hughes Foundation website and you can check out the stockists that have still got it because we've got Lowe's Australia selling selling the beanies, and most of those stores have still got beanies. We've got IGAs, we've got them selling them as well. We recommend getting on the website, and they're going to be sold at the games. Uh, You can also buy one online, but I I think if you want to guarantee one for the game, it's probably best you go go and find one or get one at the game.
1: Now, mate, just uh, steering away from the, the beanies for a minute, I want to talk about some of the extraordinary uh, achievements that you've, you've done over the past few years with my learned colleague who's standing next to me. Now, I remember when he came back from Kokoda, well, he looked like he hadn't eaten for about three months. And uh, I remember the stories from Sandicam. But, mate, can you just share a couple of the experiences and some of the people that have, have uh, been on some of your, your, your tours or your tricks? Uh, just give us a bit more detail around those.
2: Yeah, my former teammate and great mate Billy Peden decided that we wanted to do some adventures um, to raise money. So we thought that would be a great idea. So we came up with um, Kokoda for the first year. Not only were we doing Kokoda, we were going to ride about 100, I think, 20 kilometres on our mountain bike. Well, you, you, you sold yourself. You sold yourself
0: 60k short, mate. 180. <laughs> One. I
2: think it was 120
0: <laughs> to get to the mountains, and then yeah. another 60 at the end.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was a heap anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a huge challenge, and um, I uh, I knew uh, Todd Jackson, a few people from around the area, and thankfully um, Shooter was a mate of theirs, and he joined forces with us, and we had eighteen, I think, at the time, and we raised about one hundred and fifty thousand, and it was just such such a special thing to be a part of, and we got so and the way it's done, you set up, we set you up with a page, and then you get your friends, family, workmates. To put in ten dollars, a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars, whatever they can put in, and I've got to say, shooter does it unbelievably well. He he goes everywhere looking for support, and he get how many last year? I think you had about eighty or a hundred.
0: yeah, oh, mate, it's, it's great. Well, you know what? Yeah. we've got mates from the beach, from from the from the waterfront, and you know the whole area. And, and you know it's It's a man good, of the people, shooter, I'm a man of the people, mate. That's what it is. I tell you what, that uh, it, was, it was. I tell you what, we paid for it over there in the mountains, though, didn't we? It was gruelling. Uh,
2: we do it tough. It's really <laughs> hard, and. Um, you know, Shooter, like I said, he's been unbelievable on um, two of them that he's done, and we've had some footballing types do it as well. Um, we've had, you know, blokes like David Fairley, uh, Matty Johns, um, Denny Madeiras, Matt Gidley, Kurt Gidley. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving plenty out. A couple of little jockies. Paul jo- Harrigan does little, it. Little Paul Jokies. Harrigan, Brad Godden, and just good people—people people that want to want to put their hand up and have a challenge and raise money—and. It's just, uh, it's such a special group to be a part of. And, you know, we've got club CEOs, wharfies, um, Jockeys. minors. We've got all sorts of people. <laughs> we come together and Shooter will back it up on this. It's, it's a special thing to be a part of.
0: It is, mate. And just touching on the Chief, I mean, you, you mentioned Paul Harrigan there. The, the two of the ones that I did, Sandakan in Borneo and um, and Kikota. Chief probably had no right to be at either of them. He was he was busted and his knees were wounded. But obviously such a great mate of yours, and he he dragged himself over there and and not only got got through it, but got through it without one complaint. And when we were offering to carry his bags every afternoon and help set his tent up, but no, he was right. He was he just soldiered on. I've, I've never seen anything like it. No wonder he's won those two grand finals with him in, at the helm, I tell
2: yeah, just a special bloke and um, so grateful that he's, you know, an ambassador for the foundation. And um, yeah, and just moving on to that, um, this year, uh, really excited to have Trent Robinson uh, joining us, which is just wonderful. He's put his hand up. He said he wants to, you know, make a difference. He wants to do something for charity and Robo's going to be so good. So I hope all the Roosters supporters, once we set up Robo's page, can get right behind Robo because he wants to raise as much as he can. For us, um, for the Mark Hughes Foundation, and a big part of this track, we'll be raising money to put some uh, brain cancer care nurses in around regional New South Wales, which is really important. Um, so it's going to be really great. I can't wait to have Robbo on there and with us, and yeah, we've actually got one or a couple of seats left if uh, there's anyone out there that might want to join well,
1: us. I-, I will ask you about that, but just a little insider, I, I uh, was privileged enough to hear Robbo talk in an interview for another podcast last week when he, he told me that he was joining you guys in Mount Kilimanjaro and he's he's already done a bit few walks but he's also doing some altitude training so rest assured mate when when he turns up there in Africa he'll be ready to go yeah. and uh yeah he's really looking forward to it but mate, what we'd like would be great closer to the date just getting yourself and Robo in row when and having a chat and, you know and talking about the, the the funds raised thus far and seeing what we can do to help that along
2: well, I would love love to get in and, and do that and yeah I'm sure Roy's gonna yeah he'll be prepared and he might have to give us a half-time speech halfway up the mountain, actually.
1: <laughs> now, just on that point, Husey, you said there are a few spots available. If anyone was yeah, well, interested, how do spots. they do so it? So
2: if people want to contact the foundation and uh, put in their – like uh, basically uh, get, let us know a bit about you, we, 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 we're hoping to put a couple more uh, on the trek. So you could be joining Robbo on, on an experience of a lifetime. We, you've got to raise money for the foundation. That's part of it. But, yeah, contact the foundation uh, for more details.
0: Oh, that's awesome, mate. Now, listen, I, I just want to, do, in finishing off, mate, just want to ask you a question. Would it be fair to say, Hughes, that sort of what defines you as a man? It's not your deeds on the football field, mate, but your work off it. I mean, not by choice, I might add, but the Mark Hughes Foundation, mate, it's overwhelming success, raising funds, awareness for brain cancer. You must be really proud of everything that's happened there, mate.
2: Ah, uh, sure am, Shooter, and yeah, I'm very proud of it. And, you know, you put a lot of work into your rugby league and train really hard, and it's a big deal, but... You know, you're playing for two competition points, or you're playing for a trophy. But I'm playing a new game now, and it's 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 a it's a basically a matter of life and death for for me and and so many others out there. I'm, the stakes are so much higher with what I do now, and uh, we're in a hurry to to fix these problems. So I'm very proud of the work I've done, but I couldn't have done it without my rugby league background, yep. without without the support um, of the the rugby league community, all that stuff. So I'm so grateful that. Uh, Rugby league's given me this opportunity, and NRL has given me this opportunity. And, you know, now and again, if I feel a bit tired or a bit run down, I think of people that would love to be in my position that don't, you know, that contract, they get uh, brain cancer and they last 12 months, 8 months, 16 months, you know, and pass away. Well, I've got an opportunity to keep going at this stage, so I've got to take it.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, mate, we'll all have our boonies on this weekend, our kids, parents, all the junior football teams, mate, and we'll continue to support you and the great job you're doing, mate, as long as it takes, too, Husey. Keep enjoying good health, brother. You're a champion, bloke. Good luck this weekend with everything, mate, and I'm sure it'll be a cracker. Thanks for joining us, Husey, on Roosters Radio. We really appreciate it. it
2: uh, been a pleasure to speak, fellas. Thanks for having me, and, and all the very best to the mighty Roosters for the rest of the season.
1: Good on you, mate. Good on Thanks. you, Husey. We'll Thanks. talk to you Thanks, soon, fellas. mate. Bye, buddy. Wow! How cool was that shooter? Oh, Great mate. interview, mate. What a, and you've got to know him extremely well over the past few years.
0: He's a terrific bloke, and 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 on a couple of these these treks we've done. One of the highlights, as tough as it is you know, during the day, doing the, you know, doing the treks over the mountains, it's the debriefs you have at the end of the day, you know, at, at the at, at day's end when you've sat down at some dinner, you're taking your boots off and you're, you know, relaxing your tired muscles and we set our little camp chairs up and we all sit around and have a debrief, get to know each other, talk about our families, our kids and, you know, all our backstories. It's, it's, that's, that's, that's one of the highlights and. and one of the other things we do is we actually sit around and talk about our highlights of the day, our lowlights of the day, and we go around the circle. and It's so good learning about about different people and, and their upbringings and where they've come from. And obviously,
1: state. you know, people you haven't met before are part of that tour group
0: or trek group as well. That's right. Well, we had <laughs> we had some characters there last year at Borneo. We had little Kevy Moses, yeah. the, the the ex-jockey. Yeah, the jockey, yeah. he's in his sixties, yeah. but made he power to log his little his little pole. He was falling face first in the mud. He'd come back up. He'd have leeches all over him, but yeah, the whole way through, he did it with a smile and a laugh and it was, a, it was a great, it was a great experience. Well, you know, as Mark just
1: said in the interview, if you' if it's something you're interested in doing, and you know, ticking one off the bucket list, Mount Kilimanjaro later this year, head over to the uh, Mark Hughes Foundation website. There'll be more details there. Absolutely. You're on Roosters Radio. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Roosters Radio Shooter. Great chat there with uh, Mark Hughes. Well done,
0: mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. It was awesome to talk to him, mate. And it's uh, it's going to be a big weekend for him. So I just wish him all the best and all the fundraising goes well. I'm sure it will. It's a great Well,
1: round. let's talk football. Uh, this Sunday, 2pm, out there at ANZ, Roosters taking on the Bulldogs. And look, for me, there's only one battle that I want to see, and that's the one between uh, our old favourite
0: DJ Napsky, Dylan Napper, taking on the might and power of CY and JWH. Mate, you know what? I, I reckon napper has been going like a busted. This year, I don't know if it's just because he's playing behind a a losing pack or he's not happy with with his own form at the moment, but that can be dangerous because he's up against his old club. If there's ever going to be a time for a form reversal for him, it'll be this weekend because he'll be up for it. So we've got to be really careful of that. Um, Also complacency, I'm I'm worried about that. We've come off a really big win on the weekend. Bulldogs have come off a, a fairly heavy loss to the Broncos. Yep. So you always got to worry about that, mate, the the, the bounce-back factor from them and and us just getting a bit ahead of ourselves. It's a danger game for me.
1: Nah, look, having spoken to a number of the players after the match on Saturday night, I feel like they're, none of them said they would play themselves into form, but I feel like something may have just clicked. I reckon they'll have a really good week of training this week, and uh, I just think they're going to wear down the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs will be competitive for about 20 to 25 minutes, but I think our class will prevail, and uh, I think we can put a score on
0: them. I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. I, I don't know what you're saying. Nineteen eighty in a one point no, game was no, too nerve wracking. Uh, Thirteen plus for me, mate. Thirteen <laughs> yeah. plus for yeah, me. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I'm, I, I'm, I'm thinking along the same lines, mate. So, no Kieran Foran. I mean, he's he's a he's a croc. I mean, he's always injured, but he's he's good. To, he's one of those players that if he's out in the field, things happen around him. Yeah, that's true. And that's- they've got uh, DWZ, yeah. martini Zalesniak. He's actually he's actually knocked him up a notch since he signed with the club. And Will hopper He seems to have gone to another level. So they're not, I mean, they're not hopeless, the Bulldogs. Yeah. They, we'll will be be they will be yeah. this week. They will be this week.
1: That's it for another episode of Roosters Radio. We want to thank our special guest, Mark Hughes. And remember, head on out to the footy, buy your beanies, support this great cause. That's it for this week's episode of Roosters Radio.
0: East to win. Ho, ho.